Welcome, my friends. You are back for our Friday Faith follow-up episode. And we're going to keep looking at that oh-so-fun topic of anger and how the heck do we manage it? How do we keep it under control so that it stops stealing our joy from family life and our intimacy from our relationships We are going to dive today into two really key Bible passages that show us what anger management looks like as a Christian in particular. Now, this is building on the conversation that we had earlier this week in episode 137, where I shared some of the best um, counseling techniques or interventions or strategies around managing anger and and calming down before you respond to whoever or whatever it is that is triggering that anger. Um, We're going to go deeper into two of the five things we talked about by looking at specific Bible passages that speak to that very strategy. So you're definitely going to want to listen to that full episode, um, especially if anger is something that you ever struggle with as a mom and Spoiler alert, so many of us struggle with this. You are not alone. We don't talk about it a lot because it's awkward and it's embarrassing. And it's one of those like, I know I shouldn't do this, but we all struggle. So definitely circle back to the full episode. But the two strategies that we're going to dive deeper into today are the strategy around figuring out your triggers. What are the words or situations or or the things that are triggering your anger? We're going to take a look at that one in more detail. And then we're also going to take a look at the strategy we talked about of kind of taking what I like to call a cool down timeout, right? Like just walk away, take a short break, do something different to calm down before you return to the conversation or the situation, whatever it is that, you know, may not necessarily have been resolved while you were getting angry. Those are the two strategies we're going to dive deeper into today. But again, circle back to that full episode 137 to talk through all five of those strategies um, and just to dive a little deeper in general into understanding anger and what that looks like as Christian moms. But I'm excited to talk through these Bible passages with you. Um, It's just so encouraging to me when I see the, the practical things that God outlines in his word. I find that so encouraging and so helpful. So I am excited for this conversation. I hope you are too. So let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Well, as I remind you today of my usual disclaimer that I am a therapist, but of course this podcast is not therapy, 
Um, it's not professional advice or anything like that. Um, I also want to remind you that we have what probably my most popular devotional. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's gotten the most downloads and purchases and feedback and all of that. Um, but either way, we have a devotional, a 40 day devotional diving into the topic of anger for Christian moms. And so that is a great resource. If you are really wanting to go deeper into not only understanding yourself and understanding some practical ideas from the Lord about how to manage anger, but just sitting in God's presence, in his living and active word for this incredibly difficult emotion that we all struggle with, that would be a great resource for you. So I will put the link in the description for today. And of course, it's on the website at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash emotions. You can actually find a lot of resources there, including my anger devotional, um, which is called Keep Your Cool, Mama, because we all need to keep our cool, even when our little ones or anyone else might be driving us a little bit crazy. So um, a little resource that I wanted to remind you of there. But let's take a look right now at one of the strategies we talked about, which is figuring out your triggers. And it is really helpful to turn when we're thinking about this topic to turn to James chapter four, the very beginning of this chapter. And what it says is, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So that's verses 1 through 3 in James chapter 4. And it is such a helpful reality check of what our triggers really are. Now, most of us, um, when we're thinking about understanding our anger, figuring out how to manage it, it's helpful to think about the really practical experiences that trigger that. So for a lot of people, there might be certain names or tones of voice that just like, ooh, it pushed my buttons and now I'm angry. Um... I mean, I knew someone when I was younger in my high school years, it was very polite in our area to, to call, you know, like our female teachers, we would call them ma'am, we would call the men, sir. It was like a term of respect. It was, it was respectful. But I had a teacher one year who got just so offended when I called her ma'am, because that's what you say to old people, is what she told me. I mean, she was nice about it, but she was not very happy. That was a word, a name that triggered her, that triggered some anger and probably other emotions as well. And that is absolutely a big part of our triggers is trying to figure out for me personally as an individual, what are the, like a certain tone of voice from my husband or a certain word or name someone might use for me um, or a certain situation that I run into frequently with my kids or or anywhere else that tends to make me angry. We need to figure that out so that we can learn, okay, how do I deal with that? I can either avoid it or figure out a different way to manage it. 
But I really like that James focuses here in scripture on our hearts, not just what is someone else doing or saying that's triggering my anger, because that other person, they are not responsible for my emotion. Maybe they should say things differently or approach things differently. I'm not saying everyone else is perfect, but no one is responsible for your emotions, especially an emotional outburst. That is between you and the Lord. That's between me and the Lord. That is an individual thing that we need to take responsibility for. And so I really like this focus James gives us on this reality check that when I am triggered and I start feeling angry, which usually starts with I feel, you know, annoyed and then I'm getting frustrated and then uh, it's still not going well and now I'm getting angry and I start, you know, whatever, yelling or crying or I storm off or whatever it is. At, at the heart level, it's coming from some sort of desire in me that is not helpful and probably not holy. That I'm coveting something, I'm wanting something, and I'm not getting it. That my pleasures, my preferences are being stepped on by someone else. And I don't like that. And so I feel angry. And so just that reality check that whatever's going on around us, yes, we can figure out some strategies to manage that or respond to that. But it's a heart issue when we're struggling with anger. And what we see here from these verses and really all of scripture is that we need to draw closer and closer to God. The more that it is God that I desire, that he is the desire of my heart, well, then my pride is not going to be as easily stepped on. And I'm not going to be necessarily battling around these desires within me that now are getting triggered by other people's words or tones of voice or whatever's going on. So as you're dealing with anger, these verses remind us that it is a heart issue. And the closer my heart is to the Lord, the more he is the desire of my heart. The more that I've lived out, you know, Colossians chapter three, and I've set my heart on the things above where Christ is, well, the less anger is going to be an issue. And I also really like that this passage talks about, um, it's right there in verse two, you don't have because you don't ask. We need to ask God for the things that we need and that we want. But we can't just expect that that means he's going to give us everything we think we need or we think we want. Because if we ask with wrong motives, well, the best thing that someone can do in that situation is to say no. And that's what God will say. Which again takes us back to the more we are desiring him and pursuing him, reading his word, asking him to fill us with wisdom and compassion and patience and all the things he wants to fill us with. Well, now my motives are in a better place. And now when I ask, it's a little bit less about me and a little bit more about the relationship or the other person or God himself. And I know I've already mentioned the devotional that I've, that I have for anger. 
um, Keep Your Cool Mama over there on the Emotions Resources page. But we also have actually a devotional, more like a workbook style devotional called Finding Your Identity in Christ. And I want to mention that one as well, because I might be describing this and you're you're sitting there thinking, that sounds lovely, but God is not the desire of my heart. I want him to be, but he's not. I don't feel close to him. I don't understand what that would even look like. Well, if that's you, then start with the free Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. That is a great freebie to get you in the Word, get you talking to the Lord, and try out the Finding Your Identity in Christ devotional workbook, because that will specifically dive you into scripture around verses, passages that help you understand what that intimacy with the Lord really looks like. So that's our first Bible passage today. And then our second is connecting back to the kind of anger management strategy of like pause, take a little time out and just cool down. We don't usually want to do that in the heat of the moment. Like I want my point to be heard. I want to win this argument. You know, those thoughts, those desires start bubbling up within us. But if we turn to Ephesians chapter four, we see this really helpful reminder about how to balance, almost like balancing the time in that conflict or that situation where you're just getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And what it says here in Ephesians chapter four, this is verse 26 and 27. um, And it's actually quoting a Psalm at the very beginning, but this verse says in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. And oh my goodness, how helpful is this verse. I love many things about it, but I will point out a few. The first being, this verse makes it very clear that anger itself is not a sin. The behavior, our outbursts, our yelling at people or name calling or withdrawing and giving the silent treatment, those behaviors are sin. The actual emotion is not necessarily sin. Now, sometimes our motives behind it, if I'm angry because my pride was stepped on, well, pride is a sin in addition to maybe the yelling or whatever happens as a behavior. But the actual emotion sometimes makes complete sense and is indeed the right emotion because God himself gets angry at injustice and things like this. And so it's really helpful, I think, to remind us That we're not trying to just erase emotions from our life, but we're trying to have the right motivations that trigger those emotions and the right behaviors, the helpful behaviors when we feel the emotion. And this passage is very clear that we need to do what we need to do so that we're not sinning when we feel angry. Take that little break to cool down. Take the pause, bite your tongue, whatever it is you need to do so that you don't do the thing that is now sin because of the anger. And, and all of us, that's different. My husband really struggles with the like, we're going to pause the conversation because we're getting heated and come back to it later. The cool down time out, he really struggles with that. 
I really need that. And so that is something we continually come back to so that he doesn't feel neglected and ignored, but also so I don't wind up giving the devil a foothold by continuing a conversation when I'm getting more and more upset. So again, we see right there in verse 27, a second point about these verses, we don't want to give the devil a foothold. The more you know about your own weaknesses and temptations and triggers and things like that, the more you have an opportunity now to deal with it. I have learned that when I'm just escalating, getting more and more and more heated, I need to take a little break or else I'm just going to say something I regret. I'm going to lose control of that emotion. And that's giving the devil a foothold. If I know that about myself and I don't, do what needs to happen so that I can calm down. But then the third piece here that I'm going to highlight as we wrap up today is right there in the middle of what I read. It says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And this is so helpful (laughs) because it just reminds us we need to deal with this quickly. Sometimes anger, it sparks really fast And then it fades really fast, but sometimes it's a slow build. And the sooner that you notice, wow, I'm feeling really irritated. I'm feeling really frustrated. I'm starting to feel angry. The sooner you notice that that is building, well, the sooner you can and should do something about it. Have the follow-up conversation or, you know, take the time out and cool down, but then come back so you can finish, so you can reconcile, so you can restore peace in the relationship. And this even connects with that final step there of do not give the devil a foothold. We don't want to give the devil a foothold for bitterness to build up in our marriage or in our relationship. We do not want to give the devil a foothold of us holding on to wrongs from the past. First Corinthians 13 is very clear. That is not love. Love does not keep a record of past wrongs. But if we don't circle back and finish and actually resolve the issue, I'm probably keeping a mental record of that wrong. And now the devil has a foothold. So prioritize that forgiveness, that reconciliation. Now, are these the only two Bible passages about anger? Absolutely not. I have a whole devotional, 40 days of diving into different scriptures But I wanted to highlight these two from James 4 and Ephesians 4 to really unpack these two particular strategies around figuring out our triggers and dealing with them and around pausing and taking a little break or whatever you need to actually calm down rather than trying to just force your way through a conversation where emotions are only escalating. So friends, as we wrap up our conversation on anger for now at least Um, we are doing pretty well going through a little series in our managing hard emotions we've looked at depression anxiety um, taking control of our thoughts we've talked about anger and next week we're going to dive into stress and burnout just mom burnout that is no fun but there are things we can do about it. And so make sure if you haven't subscribed or followed the show yet, uh, make sure to do that. It'll pop right up in your podcast library every week Um, and leave a review of the show. That is such an encouragement to see those little written reviews. 
Um, really helpful, really encouraging. And we'll be back next week with a little bit more when it comes to managing our emotions so that we can enjoy family life. But until then, my friends, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.